Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the Silver Birch Ranch studios on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And if you were listening to our last podcast, you know that I was talking with Mike, my good friend from Venezuela. His uh, wife grew up here. His first wife, she died, and uh, she grew up here in uh, camp. And so we got acquainted through your wife. Right. And uh, then eventually got married. You moved down to the jungle. Now, when I say the jungle, there there's some NFL teams that say they play in a jungle. They call their stadiums a jungle. And um, then, of course, there's museums with jungles in them. But I'm not sure that everybody listening understands exactly where you go when you go into the Venezuelan jungle. So I'm not sure. Could you set up for us? What is it, what does it mean for you? What what's the what what is the name of the people you go to? We work with the Yanomamu Indians, um, native people, Yanomamu. And as a as a, interesting, just a, a point is, up until 1948, they thought they were the only people in the world. Oh. And they they have the Yanomamu, which actually just means people, and anybody not Yanomamu is a Nabu. That's just their classification. They're a Nabu. Okay. They're not. They're not Yanomamu. They're not people. Oh, okay. And and so, uh, so but my parents went down in 1953. They were some of the first missionaries working with this uh, tribe, and the Yanomamu only knew their own language. They did not. They did not know one word of any other language, and nobody outside their tribe knew their language. So when my parents went there and started working with them, it was in, extremely difficult just to communicate the, the the you know the most uh, simplest things. And you point at something. What are they? And you're getting a, a word. What word are they giving you? Are, are they giving you a word for your fingernail or for right. what you're pointing at or for right. a bug walking across right. what you're pointing at? Or are they just giving you an obscene word? Right. The Yanomama were great for that. Yeah. And my parents would frantically write it down, break it into syllables and write it down and, and try to pronounce it like they had done. And, and uh, if everybody broke into laughter, they would realize it was probably an obscene word yeah. and they'd scratch that one and, yeah. and go on. Slowly, painfully, they, they, they learned Yanomama. But I, I learned it just as a baby. I was born and raised right with the Yanomami and, and uh, actually grew up speaking Yanomami, learned English um, after I started going to an American school, okay. missionary school. Um, wow. But to grow up with, in the jungle with the Yanomami, they are... They, it, it, describe the jungle. What, what, is it, what is it like? Uh, just basically trees and just uh, just dense, very very dense jungle. The Yanomama are masters in the jungle. Uh, they can they can uh, pull up along any side of the riverbank uh, in place that they've never ever been in. I know that because we would be days away from our village, and days by an outboard motor would be weeks traveling for for a normal Yanomama. Right. So I know they've never been there, and we can get out, leave the boat, leave it right at right at dawn and hunt all day long and they never retrace their steps they go in a make a big circle and they come right back out to the boat uh when they when they want to wow. it's it's just they are phenomenal they are really masters in the jungle and it is just it is just very very dense very very uh uh it's you know if you've seen old tarzan movies right uh it's better than that wow so now, now you must have introduced a lot of things to the village and they live in villages? Yes. Okay. You must have introduced a lot of things they've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. How uh, do they respond to, like, a, an outboard motor? Did they ever see one before you no, guys? No, no. They, they'd never seen an outboard motor. They had never, most of them had never seen 
you know, even just a steel knife, um, a wow. regular um, um, knife. They'd never seen anything like that. So they were fascinated by it. And, of course, they wanted a knife, and be, they'd swap their stone axes for a, a machete or, a, or, sure. a, or an axe any day of the week. Um, so money was worthless. Money is absolutely worthless, yeah, even today, yeah. for the most part. Uh, they barter and swap and trade. Um, uh, money is, money is you know, there's nothing to spend money on up there. Right. But... Um, they're just a fascinating, fascinating people. I loved, I really, really did appreciate growing up with them and learning to hunt and fish like, like they do in the, in the jungle. Mm. Um, what, what else can I? Well, you know, I, I, some people say, okay, you went into a, a culture, they have their ways, and you're destroying their ways by trying to convert them all to Christianity. How would you respond to that? You know, that used to bother me when I was just a teenager growing up. Sure. And you'd hear anthropologists, especially anthropologists. Are they still there, the anthropologists? Not right now. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, they would say, you know, what gives you guys the right to come here and bring a f- Western religion to these, to these uh, primitive peoples? They're happy the way they are. Leave them alone. They have their own religion. They have their own gods. Leave them alone. And it really did bother me until one day I'm sitting listening to a to an old old Yanomama witch doctor, and I was always fascinated to talk to the old men. Sure. And and uh, and I was talking to this old guy, and he starts telling me that he knew where the supreme being that I was trying to tell him about. He knew where that supreme being lived. He had seen his land. And I said, "What?" He said, "Yes, yes." He said, "I've seen his land." And at that time, I was wearing an American school high school ring. It was it was sure. uh, it was gold. And he said, "Yeah, the trails up in his land are real wide, and and uh, they're just that color." And he flicked my my ring, oh. my golden ring. He said, "They're just this color right here." And he said, "There's a body of water up there that's so crystal clear, it's like there's no water." And he said, uh, "If you could but dip your hands into that water and put it up to your mouth, you would never die." And he said, "The supreme being." Um, sits high and there's these being and he called them Aiboshokori. These Aiboshokori do nothing but sing to this supreme being all the time. And he said, my Hekura, my demons, my spirits do not want to hear that. They they hate to hear that. And he said, there's a big rainbow around uh, around where the supreme being sits. And he said, there's stones of fire. And then, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit smug, and I'm yeah. saying, "Wait, stones of fire? No, no, no." I said, "Grandfather, no. There's no, uh, there's no stones of fire in my in my heaven. No, uh-huh. you're confused. You're talking about Shobadiwaka now. Their their word for hell. They yeah. have a very good description of hell." Uh-huh. And I said, "You're talking about Shobadiwaka." He said, "No, no, no. I'm telling you what I've seen." He said, "There's stones of fire, and they burn with an eternal fire." He said, and uh, so. You know, I just filed it away, and, and we kept talking for a while, and I went on back home. Months later, I'm reading in the book of Ezekiel, and it's talking about Lucifer. It says he went, he walked between the stones of fire into the presence of the Almighty. Hmm. That old witch doctor in the backside of nowhere knew more about my <laughs> heaven than, than I did. Huh. But, you know, I, I, always, I always remember the sadness in his eyes when he told me, he said, uh, I, I can only see it from far away. I can't get close. Hmm. I only I can only look from far away. He's our enemy. He's Yai Wanonabodewa, the enemy God. And I said, well, what stops you? And I figured because the Yanomama are a warring people, yeah. I figured he would say, oh, his spirits come out and drive us away. And but he said, uh, no, Mike Iwa. He said the the light is just too unapproachable. Wow. 
Think of that. Yeah. And in Timothy, First Timothy, we're told that God alone is holy and dwells in unapproachable light. Yeah. So am I taking a Western God to these Yanomami? Absolutely not. They can describe my heaven, first person, way better than I can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've read about it and studied about it and stuff, but he's telling me first person. How? I don't know. But his description was amazingly biblical and accurate. And, and so uh, the only part of the puzzle that they don't know, they call him the enemy God. Right. And uh, we're telling him that, no, no, he's not the enemy. He loved you so much that he sent his only son, his only son. He came down and he became a Yanomami so that he could make a way, make a trail to his land so that you could live with him. So no, he loves you. And you know, we, we, build, on, we build on what they know and, and, and take them to what the Bible teaches. But we're not taking a Western God to the Yanomami. They know, they know about him, they know him. Yeah, you know, now a lot of people, I think in our culture, in the Western culture, they minimize and uh, really don't think very much about satanic or demonic activities or even their power. Mm. Um, you had, you were in a place where things were somewhat evident. Uh, very much. Yeah. Very much. And, and so, in fact, one of the, the great stories, I think, of God's faithfulness in your village was when a, um, a witch doctor, or is, were they called witch doctors or yes. shamans or what, what, what? I think the word is pretty much interchangeable. Yeah, I, don't, yes. I really don't know. I didn't know if one was French and one was Greek. Yeah, or I, don't, I, I, don't, no idea. I don't know. Uh, but... Um, one of them became a leader eventually in your village right. and, and a, a believer, but it wasn't easy for him to get there yes. uh, originally. Could you just tell us the story about that a little bit? You know, it's kind of funny because we've been talking about that story uh, quite a bit this last uh, little bit because there was a there was a, a wrinkle on it. Bautista, you're talking about Bautista right. called yep. Shoefoot right. uh, and, and uh, the, the uh, books that have been written about him. And, and he honestly had the opportunity to travel to most of the prestigious universities in the United States and share his testimony, share his, his prior life. And, and uh, uh, he would always tell his, his testimony, how mom and dad got down in the dirt with him. And he was, he was just coming off a drug, drug binge and it wasn't, wasn't pretty. And he was filthy dirty. And, and he said, dad and mom got right down there in the dirt with him and put their arms around him and asked him if they could pray, if they could pray with him. And he, he shakily nodded his head yes. And, and he said, my demons were so agitated at their touch. They did oh, not man. want to be touched. And, and so, but he said, you're, you're, he said, Pepe, you and Miriam, he prayed for me. And, and, and so uh, he said, later on, I went out into the, no, he said, later on, your dad told me the gospel message in perfect Yanomami. Now, re remember, this is probably 1962, uh, their language is still they're still wrestling with with sure. with language and and they're you know they're still saying a lot of things with the wrong tense and the wrong you know using wrong words yeah. <clears throat> excuse me but he says your dad gave me the language perfectly in Yanomami and I heard and understood every word and and I really understood the claims that God had on my life so I went out into the jungle and I began to really pray and ask God if it was true. And he said, I never doubted the existence of God because I've seen his land so many times. And I, I've, you know, we, we war in, in the spirit world. So I, never, I did not have to be convinced of the reality of God. What I had to be convinced of was did that God 
whom I had known all my life as my enemy, did he really love me enough that he sent his son and his son died for me and he wanted to save me. He wanted to free me from the bondage that I was in. And he said, so I'm there talking to God. And all of a sudden, he said, Satan came running at him and embraced him and started singing him a song of the power that he was going to have in the spirit world. And he said he had a bouquet of flowers that he had held under his nose. And he said, I was being overwhelmed by the song of power and by the smell and, and just everything he was promising me in the spirit world if I'd stay his. And he said, but I, I remembered the message that, that Pepiwa Joe had, had, had given me. And so I, I called out to God. I said, God, if you really love me, save me. And he said, immediately, I felt hands grab me and pull me out of Satan's embrace, forcefully pull me out of Satan's embrace. And he said, he's mine now, leave him alone. He said, Satan fled across the jungle. And from that day to now, I've never been bothered by the spirits. He said, Mikey, I've had a lot of spirits. He would say that. Hmm. But from that day, that was it. I've been indwelt by God's Holy Spirit. And that was it. And he'd go on to share how, and I was even with him at different times. We'd go to villages and the other shamans or witch doctors would would come up and they'd walk all around him and they'd say, uh, uh, are you alive? Have you been, have you been, are you just a Boreana? Are you just a ghost? And, and he'd say, no, 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 I'm perfectly alive. And they would say, well, 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 we see all the trails of the Hekura, of the spirits on your chest, but they've left. There's a, there's a, there's a different spirit that my spirits hate in you. Yeah. How did you get rid of the spirits? Because see, in the Yanomama way of belief, once you're a witch doctor, once you have the spirits, they never leave you until you die. And many times the spirits will actually kill a witch do- an old witch doctor so that they can leave. That's what they believe. Wow. So they say, no, and we see the, we see the trails. And, and anyway, so every time we'd bring Bautista back here, we would, after we'd get back to the village, we would share what all he talked about and what, what sure. all, how it all went. And when we would talk about his testimony, either Gary or I, who were always the translators for him, dad would always kind of get us a little bit of a smile on his face um, that, you know, especially when he was talking about how Bautista accepted the Lord. And finally, one day, I forget what year it was, probably was 2005, six, something like that. Gary says, Dad, he says, every time I tell you about Bautista's testimony, you get that funny smile. Is it, is there something wrong? Is he exaggerating something? Is he making something up? What, why do you always get a smile? And Dad said, no, 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 it's, it's all true. There's just one thing that's not quite right. He said, uh, I didn't speak to him in Yanomama. I spoke to him in English. I, I realized that I could never give him the gospel adequately with the, with the Yanomama, with the language I had. So I gave it to him in English. Yeah, now that's true tongues to me right there. I'm, amen. You know, amen. I mean, when you think about God loving people enough to communicate, your dad was willing and he did what he could. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, just be willing and do what you do what God puts on your heart and you will Amen. feel inadequate. You will, I promise. Amen. But it's not your adequacy that counts. It's not your faith that counts. It's his faithfulness. It's his adequacy. So uh, once again, get to yeah. know him. And you know, Mike, that, that is 
that is touching. I mean, the stories that that Shufoot shared when he was here, he was here at one point talking in our chapel as well, and um, the stories about his life and faithfulness, I think, are so appropriate for people to uh, read about. Uh, now, you, you've you written some about this, haven't you? Yes. Uh, I've written actually three books. Wh- about where can people get these books? Uh, the best place for us, you can, of course, get them much cheaper on Amazon. Okay. But uh, uh, we we really don't get enough off of those, the sale of those right. books to I do anything. I understand that, too, yes. So, uh, so if you go to MikeDawsonBooks.com, okay. um, uh, you can you can purchase all of our books there. And 100% of all uh, profit from the sale of those books goes into the Yanomamu Medical Fund. And actually, that's a little bit that's a little bit false because I, you know, I if I understand the profits and how that's supposed to work, you're supposed to buy books and then you right. you take all the money back until you get back the money that you spent buying the books, right. and then then you send the profits to uh, to uh, wherever they're supposed to go. Yeah. But uh, we've never done that. We've just we started selling books and the, all the money goes. So we've never been never paid ourselves back for the money that we we actually bought the books with yeah. and but it's going to a good cause we feel and and the medical needs of the Yanomama are such that it's just it's it's difficult uh, yeah. difficult to meet them yeah well you know if, if you're listening and you'd love to, to just be a part of what God's doing down in the jungle in a, in a, a very specific village I encourage you to get the book begin to, to contact Mike and what's going on down there and, and if you can support great you, don't, you can just send them money. You don't have to buy the book to send them money. Um, you could do that, or you could buy the book and send them money or just buy we the book. We do love selling the books. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, it's interesting, uh, and I hear you. If, if, you buy, if you buy off Amazon, we have a book that we wrote for kids uh, on the 23rd Psalm and some other things. Yeah, it's very minimal that the author gets anything you know, from any of that. Yeah. Um, so I do encourage you, go to MikeDawsonBooks.com, correct? Com. And yep. it's spelled just like it sounds, right. MikeDawsonBooks.com and uh, get the books and there, there's plenty of, of things written that will cause you to just pause and and rejoice in the fact that God is faithful. Amen. And we actually have six books listed there and the the site, I had made up the site just for my own books at first, but then I added my mom's book. My mom sure. has written a book called All the Day Long. Okay. And uh, an older brother, Gary, has also written a book called Gringo Mamu, okay. which is kind of a, uh, because he was raised in both worlds and stuff. Yeah. So. So very all all six of the books that we have are very uh, informative. Very, very. Uh, I mean, we're not we're not trying to preach at anybody, but just telling the adventures and the stories of life with the Yanomama. You know, I think this is critical because I think people, especially in in our country, the United States of America, I, I really think that we do not understand worldwide perspective. Mm. I I think that we think that you know if we are down a little bit in our income, we're suffering. It, it, you know, if our electricity goes out for an hour, we're, do you have electricity down by you? We, we have a solar panels. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and we run a generator yeah. about a few hours a day, you know, for a water pump and stuff like that. Well, you know, I, I think, I've so often thought that when an American, United States of America citizen, talks about suffering, you got to really begin to wonder what they're actually saying. Because to us, suffering is different than to somebody who goes through what you go through on a, on a regular basis down in the jungle. 
Yeah, uh, but you know, it that too is all perspective. It is. Uh, because I was, you know, we were quarantined in the jungle and and uh, we had had tickets to come back to the United States. The airline canceled everything. And and so uh, then we all got COVID up in the jungle and 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 so one day we have a we have an early morning. How do you get COVID in the jungle? Well, you know what? A government worker brought it up. Okay, okay. I just wondered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was funny, and and everybody was sick, and there was a village up ahead of us, up up river from us. I actually, got it first because that's where the guy was working, and I had been there, okay. there working, and so he got they, he he got sick, and everybody got sick, and so the the guy came back down river with um, with one ta- the doctor. Went, had gone up to treat him. Yeah. He came back and he says, "Hey, I, I've only got one test left, so let me let me test you just to make sure that it is it is COVID here in this village as well." And and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if he tests me and it tests positive, I could just see the headlines. Right. Missionary uh, test positive yeah. for COVID. Entire area affected. Yeah, you know, yeah, infected yeah. or whatever. And so I said, "Hey, wait." I said, "My neighbor." a Yanomami guy by the name of Timoteo. I said, my neighbor is way sicker than I am. I said, let's go test him. Okay. So he went over and tested him. And, and three weeks later, he he he, uh, he emails us, the doctor emails us and said, listen, you have to quarantine Timoteo because he tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And uh, so we couldn't wait to get over there. And t- by that time, he was almost, we were all almost feeling better. And, and uh, I said, Dimoteo, you're under quarantine now. You know, you can't, you can't come over to my house anymore. You have to just stay at your house. You're quarantined away from everybody. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, by now, there's, there might be three or four, maybe five people in the village that haven't had COVID yet. Let's just quarantine those five yeah. away from all the rest of us. There you go. So I said, well, you're smarter than 90% of the doctors working on this right now. Yeah. But anyway, talking about perspective, I was over there at the, our, our, our Bible study after it was finished and I started telling them about everything that was going on you know the craziness that was t- had taken over America and, and the world with COVID the shutdowns and and mask and everything you know that that it it was just it just gone crazy and how how even uh, somebody's gender could be fluid right and and it was just the world was just just totally totally uh, crazy and I'm telling him all this stuff, and one old Yanomama guy looks at me, and and uh, and he says, Mike Eva, he says, that doesn't bother me a bit. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why should it bother you? You wouldn't even know what was going on if I wasn't here telling you about right, it. Right. You know, you live up here in the backside of nowhere, and, yep. and of course it's not going to bother you. You don't, you know, you don't, you, you wouldn't even know about it. And I'm very smug in my knowledge. Yeah. And he says, uh, no, Mikey, he says, that doesn't bother me a bit. He said, I'm just listening for the trumpet. <laughs> and I tell you, you talk about a smug little smile being wiped off a yeah. missionary's face. Yeah. That did it. That guy did it. So his perspective was right, and mine was totally wrong on that day. Yeah. Well, you, you get to compare a lot of what's going on here with Down in the Jungle. And, um, uh, you know, what do you see in the United States? What's going on in our country? I mean, is it... Is it something that um, is just uh, cyclical, you think, of a country going through growing pains, or is it, it bigger than that? I think it's bigger than that. I think, I think we're in the days that Jesus described as a, as a woman in, with birth pains, sure. how they, they start and then they you know, gradually get worse and worse and worse. Personally, I believe we're in, the, in, those, in those, those days. But um, interestingly enough, in Yanomama legends, after Satan taught 
all that he had to teach to the Yanomamu. He left the Yanomamu and went to the world of the Nabas to teach them. And it was amazing listening to Bautista describe things that he saw here in the United States. He had a, he had spiritual discernment that was just that was mine actually you know it just blew me away so many times, mm-hmm. and he could describe things that that he had to have been he had to just know that because of because of uh, you know just being, right. just being spiritually very very um, uh, I I don't know how to exact that but he it was just amazing what what he would tell me. And I would look at it, and I'd go read it or whatever, and it was right there. I mean, he was totally right mm. in his uh, in his his comment on what what he was talking about. You should hear the story on Pokemon. I mean, it just it was crazy. I think you know if you have more time, do you have more time? We can do more. Yeah, I because I, I, I think we'll we'll spend some time talking about Pokemon. So let's save that one. All right. Uh, and I think some more with uh, with um, Shufoot. I'd like to talk about. I'd like to talk about his idea before he was a a believer. What he what happened with babies and, yes. and and that kind of thing? I think that would be important for our people to listen to. Yes, uh, because I think it puts a perspective on life a little bit. And some our struggle in this country with the abortions and the and the whole works and whether they're humans or not and right. and whatever that might be. So I'd love to talk about that in more detail, but I don't want to cheat. Okay, uh, that discussion if possible. Okay, um, are you enjoying God these days? I believe I am. Okay. I, I really believe I am. Uh, is life really easy right now? No, we're kind of going through a, uh, a really hard time. We we really, really were trusting the Lord for an airplane down there where we're, we're with, totally without air support right now. And we thought we had God's mind on on this. And we, we as a family, we've never done fundraising, never. And we actually, through a challenge, raised the funds for an airplane. And we thought that it would be like like the uh, the children of Israel, the priests carrying the ark. Right. That was our verse. That that you know Joshua told the priests, pick up that ark and and carry it into the water. Well, the Bible says the Jordan River was at flood stage, and I guarantee you, not a one of those four guys carrying that ark could swim. Right. Now, they just come out of the backside of wilderness. I guarantee you, they couldn't swim, but they picked up that ark and they walked right into the river. And God split the rivers ahead of them. And we just knew that that's what God was going to do for us. And miracle after miracle after miracle. And we, we, uh, we have an airplane. And it's beautiful. And it's ready to go. We have a pilot. He was ready to go. But uh, the, the country just is, is not. Yeah. And so there, there we are. Once so, again, a mystery. A mystery. Yeah. And disappointed, but not, not discouraged. Uh, uh, and we're willing to say, God, in your time. Yeah, and and you are convinced that God has a plan for this. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. That, that's where I always end up, and then I go, okay, then I got to act like it, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to figure out in life sometimes how to get ahead of God. You know, yeah. I mean, God, I know this is good, so why don't we get this going? And God's saying, I know it's it's right, Dave, and I will take care of it in the right time. So why don't you just relax? Yeah. And Amen. I am Amen. totally capable of changing uh, direction. Luis Palau, I used to listen to him speak, and one time he got up and he and I'll never forget. Um, no, yeah, it was Luis. He said, you know, every time he started speaking, he said, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and like rivers of water, Amen. he moves it wherever he wishes. Amen. And and I have repeated that over and over again, especially in our crazy political times that we're in in the Amen. United States. 
Well, I thank you for listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here at SilverBirchRanch.org on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And with Mike, a good friend, and we're going to continue this discussion. Come back and listen to us again. Goodbye for now. <music>